listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. This yeah. is the 9to5 entertainment system, the only entertainment system that should ever be plugged into your house. We're coming for you, NES. What do we talk about, John? We talked about how Palpy got Palpy. We uh, talked about how Archer loves Akbar. We talked about Toy Story, Oscars, which are animated, Rashomon, poor Martin Scorsese, and nobody cares about Adam Sandler. Aww. We followed that up with Songs to Get Murdered By, by Eminem, The Color Out of Space, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, Child's Play, the original movie, The Matrix, again, Picard, and Watch Out for the Watchmen. For Halloween 2020, I want your child to go as Admiral Eh? It's a trap. Eh? saying, listener, is Princess Amidala was the real Sith Lord. Uh-huh. And then I guess, I mean, because there's like oh my that... God, what if she was the Sith Lord? She was the one who turned Palpatine into a dickbag. Oh, uh, that's possible. Because uh-huh. Palpatine otherwise was just kind of a conniving politician, right? I don't know. We didn't see when he became Sith, right? But we that's only saw him not... use force oh, powers you, in the you, third movie. You hear that, Disney? Huh? <laughs> I smell a movie in there. How did, how did old Palpy get Palpy? How did Palpy get Palpy? Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, because her, like, you know, Amidala's thing could have been, like, I'll use Vader. And that's why when he's like, oh, I killed, like, when Anakin's like, I killed the women and the children and all that. So she's like, okay, put some babies in me. Because, right. like, she knew that, like, especially if, like, Luke or whatever would have fallen, it would have just made, like, a dark lineage to, like, last the ages. Mm-hmm. You know? So. I mean, that kind of puts the cap on his fall, right? Like, her taking her clothes off. Like, no normal person would do that in that situation. Can yeah. we agree on that? Like, that's, <laughs> that is abnormal behavior. It's not fun. You committed a near genocide, and uh, now we need to... I killed the sand people. Bone on that. Not just the raiders and the women and the children, too. Yep. You know, so I, I go back to the writing, right? And the quality. Uh-huh. The storytelling. <laughs> yep. You said you know? Star Wars writing and quality. <laughs> All the same wow. sentence. <laughs> it was a bit of a run on, but yeah, you know. it's all there if you just read between the lines. <laughs> George Lucas. Thanks is for a, that, George. He's a literary filmmaking master. So I watched um, Return of the Jedi last week uh-huh. with Archer. Yeah, Nito. And one Return of the Jedi is fun, but there's nothing there. It's way more cotton candy than I thought it was. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. It's silly. It's like there's it's, nothing. It's, it's the there. most Muppet movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but but more than that, like the strings that tie those Muppets together are are nothing. They're little candy floss things Qu- that melt right away. The Lucas, we dared to be cute, and yeah. the decision was made as a budgetary constraint. They wanted to do it on Kashyyyk and have them all be Wookies, and yep. they didn't have enough money. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the the other twist of this that I did not see coming is watching this movie. Archer, my six-year-old son, his favorite character is Admiral Akbar, <laughs> and the only time he had one hundred percent of his attention on the screen was Akbar talking. Was Akbar saying it's a drop. <laughs> and he repeated it for five minutes, and then kind of wandered out of the living room for the next fifteen. I mean, it's an important lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah, no, like there's of all the things that would have resonated with a six-year-old kid, I would never have. You're, you're watching Akbar. these in order with him, trying to. He doesn't care about Star Wars at all. We also had a movie night this weekend. We watched Spider-Man 2, Mm -hmm. the Sam Raimi ones. And he loved that, but was also terrified of the Dr. Octopus horror scene (laughs) in the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's shot like Raimi vision with, like, buzzsaws flying all over the place. Zoom screams. 
It's great. He was like, I can't look. It was yeah. great. Wonderful. But yeah, Maybe no, Return of the... too young to click with it? No, I mean, possible? I told him it was going to be a little scary coming yeah. up, and that seemed to crank right in on his anxiety, and right. it was great. When's the scary part, Dad? When's the scary part? Yeah. Well, after When's that, he thought every other part that was coming was going to be scary. It was good. Mm. Huh. Wait till he gets to see Goth Spider-Man doing dancing in Spider-Man 3. Are you just going to skip yeah. that one? That never happened. The in inevitable the follow-up. The household? <laughs> Yeah. This is some kind of alternate universe thing. Yeah, no, Jedi was like, like, I'm thinking back, it's like, it's hard to imagine the fact that it's over two hours, because you're like, you know, they have Jabba's palace, where they rescue Han Solo, then they all get together, and there's like a spaceship fight, and there's the battle on the moon. Like, that's Jedi. And you're like, no, that's an op- that movie's over two hours long. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just like, think, think about the scenes in Jedi. There's like four. Okay. And they're all... And the dialogue that is there is in Jabba's palace. <laughs> the only stuff that is discussion happens in Jabba's palace. It's super weird. Yeah. Well, is it not like an hour, maybe a whole hour of climax, but in a sense, it's like the climax to the trilogy, not merely the, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like that's they get cool. a little bit of that. That's cool. Know? Like they do have the triple action sequence going on, yeah. which yeah. they didn't do before in other movies. Mm-hmm. Like they have right. the space fight and they have the the battle for the, the shield generator base and they have Luke versus... Vader and, and the that's Emperor, well but, done, right? And it is well done. Yeah. But again, that script, I, I can't imagine it's more than 15 pages yeah, long. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't like, it's, I think you have that problem when you try to have like a blow off to a trilogy because like Matrix Revolutions had that issue too. Like what happens yeah. to Matrix Revolutions? You're like, I don't know, Neo and... But it doesn't matter because they, didn't have, a tri- they didn't have a trilogy because they didn't have a second part because it was a total fucking mess after the first one. Right. Whereas, what do you mean? They did. They have three films. Yes, I understand. But um, I'm disparaging the second and third films. So oh. You're talking about the third in the Matrix as though it had a. a it, it could be representative but, but, of anything. But no. Other but I'm just saying. But a, but a big part of them is obviously they're trying to make a set piece action denouement that like like pays off two hours of action film. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. like so, like you crank that so loud that you end up with an hour long fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I'm I'm not saying the Matrix handled well. No. But I'm saying with like but in Jedi you're like yeah this is going to be the last action scene of Star Wars so it's got to be everything at eleven. Totally. Got to have lightsabers. Got to have the people in the recons. Got to have the space fight. Got to have this like and then it's you got to want to have all those room to breathe. That's how you end up with an hour long. And I, 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 as a it's kid, cool. as a kid, I was like, "Woo!" Like the the entire end, like last hour of Jedi, I was probably like knuckling the couch and just like screaming. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's the the diehard revolution of of diehard revolution. Movie. Well, diehard changed action mm. movies. Star Wars changed science fiction movies. It's not okay, science this is not too though. much further after like Wrath of Khan. Okay, let's talk about something that's not not the mouses. The Moses. You said Wrath of Khan. Empire. Please. Wrath of anything Khan. other than Star Wars. What did you guys watch anything <laughs> in the last? I mean, I, Scott and I both watched Toy Story four, but then you said we can't talk about Disney stuff. <laughs> I watched it under duress. I hate the Toy <sighs> Story. All right. I just, I just, it just won an Oscar for best animated feature. Was Here. it? Was it good? This is good. No, it was a really weak year for animated features. I'd say it was weak year for the animated features, and I would say the Toy Story four is was going to win weak. To compare to some of the other Toy Stories, like mm-hmm. it's it has a lot tonally. It's a lot like two, mm-hmm. where you're like there's kind of like zany action at the beginning, which is like very much for kids. Jesus and, Christ! It had to be Toy Story three was a nightmare. Yeah, Toy, yeah, Toy Story three was like an existential nightmare about growing up. So, <laughs> is that a bad thing? 
No. We, we just depressed the kids who were there for, like, fun toys. It was not for kids. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Like, Toy Story 3 was not Yeah, it gets, it, it gets real dark. Mm-hmm. And and they, like, yeah, they, they're going to throw toys into the incinerator and stuff. Like, like not just, like, a toy got lost or whatever that the Toy Story usually pulls your right. heartstrings. It's like, these toys are... Are going to be melted. They're going to be melted down in a junkyard and thrown in the incinerator and burned off and whatever else. Like, that... And all the same time is like, look what you did because you gave your toys away, John. Okay, so is, is four worth watching? No. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to watch one, watch three. <laughs> because like three will be like, oh my God, why am I watching this? Like, it dials it a lot. He's got emotional content in a way that the other ones don't. But don't you only get there because you kind of care about the characters from watching them on their frivolous adventures? I don't care about the characters. I care about my toys. It makes me fucking sad about them. Yeah, exactly. Every toy that you ever lost or forgot about or whatever. Like, four goes almost out of its way to, like, kind of even... Like retcon a little bit of three, uh-huh. not necessarily in terms of content, but in terms of like they're like being a lost toy isn't so bad, man. And like kids pick you up and play with you randomly. So there's a whole like little like lost toy like org mm-hmm. that you get to meet. So make it make it makes the plight of a lost toy significantly less dark than it's always been presented in the first three films. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I feel that that was kind if of like if you don't have a kid, what is the point of your life? <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As, like, oh. that, that's like a toy's existential dilemma, right? Right. <laughs> it's like if no child will play with you. like, Or if what? you don't belong to a child, what is, what is what are you even there for, man? So Ooh. they kind of like develop a lost toy community. Or it's whatever. cool. I'm an entrepreneur. I get to play with any kid. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Johnny Kaboom's fun. His name isn't Johnny Kaboom. Whatever. What is it? Yeah, that's so wrong. It's Keanu Reeves? It's Keanu Reeves. His name isn't Johnny Kaboom. It's something Kaboom. It's something Kaboom. Something Kaboom. And I thought it was like Johnny Canuck and whatever. Anyway, so Keanu Reeves plays, uh, well, Scott looks up, mm-hmm. a, a Canadian stuntman action figure, which is just noteworthy because his child, who was like six Duke bit, Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. <laughs> his okay. child that owned him was Reja. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's just so many. He's like, Reja. <laughs> just like yelling the name <laughs> Reja again and again, which I was like. I was like, this is appealing to exclusively people from Quebec. <laughs> I don't think anybody outside of our province has barely like heard the name Rejean. Like, so many kids are like, what is a Rejean? Also, Key and Peel are great. Like, yeah. they Key and Peel basically they play one of those like crappy like budget stuffed animal things. I wonder if win. it's the same version of the movie. If there's like a like a niche character that they would update for every location to have their own like locally relevant thing, and then they could just replace the character in the in the renders. No, Mahmoud. Yeah, or or like maybe there's a California. Maybe the name, but I mean, but Duke Boom is clearly Canadian. Like he's animated. Like he has okay, leaves okay, and yeah. stuff like that all yeah. over him. Uh, and Peel play um, like low budget st- plush toys that you get at a carnival, carnival that are like it's a bunny and a duck that are like sewn together. Like their hands are just connected. <laughs> like, and he has a little plastic tab on, like, yeah. the little hanging, you know, little plastic hook that's, like, sewn into them so you can, like, hook them up. Mm-hmm. It's always sticking up. But, yeah, and they're just – I feel that that's just – they put Key and Peel in a room and said one of you's a bunny and one of you's a duck and just, just go with it. Yeah. And they're just – because, like, like, they just scene steal every scene that they're in and it just seems, like, very just, like, improvised nonsense, like, what they're saying. And, I mean, it's like – true. They're, they were so, like, absurd comedy that – it felt weird in the rest of the movie. Yeah, like everybody else is like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they're just like, we're going to show up. We're going to shoot lasers out of our eyes. Pew, 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 pew. And like, whatever. And you're just like, like can you do that? They're like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's like, 
left turn every time they're on right. the screen. And I'm like, I feel that these guys could easily just go for hours just, like, churning out dialogue. And they probably did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, speaking of with football season, your favorite sketch was circulating on the YouTubes and the Facebooks again. Oh, uh, the East-West Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love East-West Bowl. <laughs> like, what, what is it? Splendiferous Finch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about East-West Bowl is great. <laughs> So good. There's three of them, and they're all <laughs> exactly the same joke, <laughs> and always funny. Oh my god! All right, so best animated featured nominees this year were "I Lost My Body," that weird French animated one about the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, How These to Train Your yeah. How to Train Your Dragon, uh-huh. which was more toothless adventures, nothing uh-huh. great. Missing Link, which was about like a uh, Bigfoot. Oh yeah! It it, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Klaus which was the Netflix Christmas one, which was very good. Yeah, I heard that was the one that if it was... That if it was probably, not Toy Story. Probably would have won if it wasn't a Pixar... Up against a Pixar film, right. specifically a Toy Story. Like, and also came out on Netflix, which always takes the shine off the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, Looking at two Irishmen winning nothing. Yep. <laughs> and they gave one to Wedding Story. <laughs> Marriage Story. Yeah. The Irishman was out with all these actors in it, and they gave the award to Joker. You know how that must make Scorsese feel? <laughs> Watching that Academy Award go to Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and he's sitting in there going, I was nominated for so many awards. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> but, yeah, but then they gave Parasite all the good ones, right? It's best... Well, best foreign film, best picture, best director. It would have been such a swerve if it didn't win best foreign film. Yeah, seriously, it wins your best picture, but not best foreign film. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. yeah. which which would like not just a swerve though. It would have been great because that implies that like really there's two best pictures and none of them are American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if another foreign film beat Parasite, oh, that was the best foreign film, but the best film was Parasite. Did, like, you, wait, what? did you see the quote from the director on hearing this Texas Chainsaw joke? No. Because that was great because he was like, all five of us deserve this. If I could Texas Chainsaw this into five pieces, I would do it right here on the stage. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Tell me the quote, John. Okay. So he says I, – I don't know exactly what the quote is because it was translated from, from an interview he's doing somewhere else. But mm-hmm. he says, like, I, I, um, I noticed that the film was getting popular and was being accepted in places other than Korea. And I realized that we – you know, like, it's a story fundamentally about people living in, an, in that one country, which is a country called capitalism. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's – it's great. It's an A plus, A plus Korean stuff. <laughs> if you want to go back and listen to my thoughts on Parasite, go did, back to episode. Do you want to rank Toy Stories? Sure. Toy yeah, Story four. Do you want to? Do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can put, we can put Toy Story four in. I would, like, I mean, hit it up fast. You guys, middle. It's middle middling. Yeah. Uh, where's Zootopia? I'm not. I'm not on the page right now. It's going to oh. take me a second. So you're going to have to vamp a little bit. Cute. Yeah. Well. I think it was better than Zootopia, really? <laughs> but like, but Zootopia is like, but not by much. I, I don't know. And again, uh, but I like Toy Story though. I mean, like, uh, like Toy Story is my jam. I started. We we I finished four, and I put on uh, Toy Story one immediately just to watch the beginning of it to check okay, the animation. So Song of the Sea is up at thirty-seven. It is not as good. Oh, as Song yeah, of the sea. I know. I know, I know. I'm. Uh, I'm just... drop drop to Zootopia. Zootopia is like. Where's Moana? That's what I'm looking at. Oh, I didn't see Moana, but I bet you Moana. Zootopia had... is one oh four. Which is way down, just underneath it. We got like the Karate Kid, Last Action Hero, Bumblebee. Yeah, that's all. That's like it seems like an okay. Moana's area. at one fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I 
at Moana didn't even register on my radar of things to see. Yeah. So, like, whereas Toy Story 4, I was like, oh, so I should go and see Just this. to get a, a sensation, above Moana, we have Ghost in the Shell, the remake, and below Moana, we have Flatliners, the remake. Yeah, that's better than it's better than those films. I, I, yeah, like I said... It's better than those movies. Yeah. yeah, I honestly think that, like I said, I, I would... What's above Zootopia? Uh, let's go above Zootopia. The Evil Dead, Interstellar 555, Rubber, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, it might go in between... Evil Dead and Zootopia, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. <laughs> I, I'm a, I don't care about Toy Story enough to knock it further down. Yeah, I mean, just wow. like... Wow! <laughs> but I mean, like, it's... it's Like, the the voice cast is... I mean, we just ran through it. There's, like, Keanu Pretty Reeves and, yeah. like, Keen Peele. Christina Hendricks as the dolly is, is great. Yeah. The, Can like, you say exactly why it failed? Because it's a Toy Story movie. It's the fourth... Toy Story movie. It's it's told its story, and now say it's that like it's a bad thing. Desperately trying to put it. It felt like a post credits scene to Toy Story three. Expanded. That was an hour and a half long. Brutal, brutal. Yeah, the only and like, like the only thing that was in any way interesting was Randy Newman doing more Toy Story music. Here I fine. am <laughs> looking at an apple <laughs> over there. What a shiny apple. Yep. Did they not make that same joke in The Simpsons? As uh, Family Guy? Family Guy? Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, had it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. I mean, he does what he does, but he's the only one who doesn't make it seem like he's desperately clinging to keep doing it. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come back and do the bit do again. Some more. <laughs> do the thing. Looking at the sparkling sky in the air. And, I'm yeah. like, and Nick, you're like, is this from another movie? And you're like, no, I guess this is an original composition. Like, they're all the same. I think every time he ever sings a song, it's an original composition. They just <laughs> throw microphones around him. The best was I was uh, I was looking up one of the films, I believe, that was nominated for Best Foreign Film or whatever. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I was, like, just Oscar Googling or whatever. And mm-hmm. someone uh, referenced one of the films was uh, told in, like, a Rashomon style. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know there's certain characteristics that make a Rashomon film. And I just, like, double-checked it. Mm-hmm. And in the, like, whatever page that were explaining the Rashomon style, they were just sort of like, uh, it had the Simpsons quote, which just like cracked me up that I missed as a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. And they were just sort of like, oh, Homer, like you love Japan or whatever. Like you like Rashomon. And he's like, that's not how I remember it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, lol. Because yeah, because it, it was to whether or not it has to be contradictory. And to be truly Rashomon style, there has to be like major contradictions between the recounting of the story. Sure. So sure. that was, that was my, I was like, I, it's not just different, not just the same stories from different viewpoints, it's the same stories uh, from different viewpoints with like irreconcilable, irreconcilable differences between the stories is what makes it a Rashomon style. I have completely style. lost. What are, what is a Rashomon? Rashomon style. No, no, I know what the style is. I know what the Oh, the film is. Rashomon was a... How a, are we connecting to this? An Akira Tozawa film. Because well, one of the movies at the Academy Awards is told in Rashomon style. Right. Right. I, it was one of the foreign films, whatever. Okay. I know, I was just reading a synopsis of it. Sure, sure, but anyway, sure. But yeah, then the Simpsons Didn't quote. get the connection. Yeah, yeah, the Simpsons quote, though, was just like, I was like, man, yep. I, like, I was like, good A-plus, Simpsons. Yep. You're the best. Uh, you want to take a shit on Joker? Is that like, are you, are you just done with it? No, it's. It, I think what I said what I said. The fact that they gave <laughs> the fact that they gave Joaquin Phoenix the best male actor, while Martin Scorsese was sitting in the crowd, mm-hmm. having made a movie that was critically acclaimed, at least, at least year, they didn't get like had like, to be. To be fair, the, they gave the saltiest meat in his mouth. They gave it only 
the only one it won was for Joaquin Phoenix, which is what. But even by, well, like, I mean, it, it won for best costume. I think did it. I know all the. I know nineteen seventeen and something else kind of swept all the tech awards. Hmm. Uh, and I don't think Joker won. Did we rank Joker? Did you guys watch it? I didn't actually. No, no. We said yeah. We said we were all going to watch it. We're going to wait. Good, 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 good. I I just I feel for Scorsese, who is a guy who has had some Academy Award success, not as much as maybe his career could have warranted throughout the seventies. Did you hear the 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 Bong Joon Ho uh, quote from a couple weeks ago? Whatever, saying that he would never do uh, or he he said he would probably never do a Marvel movie Mm -hmm. because he was like, I like making movies that have something interesting to say, and I don't think they would let me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, I'm not opposed to it. He's like, I could make a superhero film. Yeah, but he was just like, I don't think they would let me like put anything worthwhile into a Marvel film. But I was like, it was kind of which I thought was like a very like like diplomatic thing because it almost like it puts the onus on like marvel and disney to be like let him do it you know what i mean like, like we're not not to say like like not to scorsese it and say i would never do it yeah. you know what i mean and be like it's beneath me to be like no i would do one but i would make it interesting you know what i mean yeah. like it, it's i find it's like a it's it's hedging your bets of like i do like to make money and i just want to run i'm nominated for an academy award for best picture yeah uh so yeah parasite wins best picture uh joaquin wins for joker Brad wins for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as Best Supporting. Renee, which, which I, I have to say, I kind of agree with. That was an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but beating beating out like Tom Hanks, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Anthony Hopkins, but also like man, Academy Awards get out of here. Like, yeah. who's nominated for Best Supporting act- Actor? Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Tom Hanks. Because of course they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not I'm not saying that that's yeah. not true. They're all great actors, but like. You just like did a like copy paste of like good actors from from the last thirty years, <laughs> exactly yeah. forty years even most cases. Yeah, Pesci has been a while. Uh, Renee Zellweger won for Judy. I didn't That's see it, but yeah. a movie that I knew nothing about. Yeah, uh, Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. Uh, Bong Joon Ho won for Parasite. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Joker won for uh, Best Score. Best Take score. that, John Williams. Yeah, but he's got enough. He's got the like, big shelf at yeah, home. Exactly, and home. beating out Marriage Story and, and the aforementioned Randy Newman. Yeah. So, because yeah, Randy Newman did the score for Marriage Story, which we, huh. I saw. Did Uncut Gems fall in this year? Yeah, no, it, it, it did. It did, and it got completely Nothing snubbed. Yep. Crazy. Did you guys watch that? Nope. It was fucking good. I have been meaning to. You should. That's uh, Parasite weird won best that foreign you would language. be the one to watch the Adam Sandler basketball guys oh, movie. Man, <laughs> the three of us. Yeah, but but I'm telling you, this is something else. This is like the the. I like dramatic Adam Sandler. Like. I, it's like the role he was made to play as a like aggravating, irritating, get under your skin kind of guy. Joe and, Pesci. And, yeah. Joe Pesci has Academy Awards. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Well, and did you hear the whole like there was there was a big uh, like conversation or whatever with one of the one of the members of the Academy or something talking about uh, Adam Sandler and like and and straight up it said the and like this is like a, a voting member was like yeah Adam Sandler also makes pieces of trash so we don't give him Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Like, was just, like, if we're going to give you the best, like, actor award, it means that, like, you contribute. Like, it is also a contribution of your, like, it is your, this, mo- this is what you're being judged on is this piece of work. Yeah. But, like, your integrity your as a performer or is, like. Is, what a crock of shit. Yeah, which I'm, like, which I'm, like, but then what is that? That's a stupid award. Yeah. That, that, that should be, like, oh, you don't win the Stanley Cup because, you know, like. You, you, have, no, you have no goal scorers in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. Like, yeah. like, like nobody, nobody on the team was, like, omin- like, nominated for the Art Ross or whatever. So you don't get to have your Stanley Cup. Yeah. What? 
like, I mean, like, did you? Did, were you the best team at well, the, like, in the playoffs? You know what? And it's you like? win the thing. It's like figure skating. Yeah. Do you remember that controversy yeah. a few, um, maybe a decade or two ago now, <laughs> about the judge who wanted to take her score back because she didn't realize who it was who was on the ice? Mm-hmm. It was like someone who was really important and yeah. she scored them way lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I. I have, that's why when you see figure skating, you turn to something else. Unless yeah. you enjoy watching people dance, like, yeah. it's just—it's not about the competition when it's all up to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and then yeah. That, watch, watch. It's not a watch the luge because it's a stopwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, in in theory, you're supposed to just have competent judges, right? Like the same thing as gymnastics, not where possible. I know, but I'm just saying. Right. But like, there is a score sheet of like degree of difficulty, like execution of the move, and whatever else. Like, and then there's a style category. Right. Yeah, and and style should not be part of it. It should right. like because because in gymnastics it's not right like when you do the routine or whatever it's just oh, like yeah. there's there's like a, a measure of artistic. execution of things so like how close your feet are together how how arched your back is how yeah, that's high what I'm pointed saying. your toes are point, point yeah. an ai at that and it'll give me a number that'll be like measurable Absolutely. Yeah, you know what i mean yeah. like, what will it do it for sean white too like yeah who's sean white i i personal border yeah but I'm like, yeah. Like, if you hit the gnarliest trick and you did the most flippies in the air, you win the thing. You do have that style, though, man. The you watch Bones Brigade. We <laughs> <laughs> talk about the style the flow. all the time. Style and the flow. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I... technical, but he has I'm no not style. Saying, like, I have a hard time kind of thinking that those should be, like, Olympic sports. Like, they're certainly sports, but it's like, the, what are the, it's like, stronger, faster... Whatever. What are the the tenants? Well, yeah, the Olympic six. It was like the strongest, fastest, farthest, yeah. and heaviest, right? Yeah, whatever, whatever the heck it is. And like, yeah. there's like artistic merit. It's not in there. It's not an Olympic sport. It's a sport. It's a talent. It should be judged. Yeah. Can you imagine like, if like javelin was judged the same way. You threw it further, but you kind of look like a goofball out there. So yeah. we're gonna so give sorry. the gold medal to that guy. Yeah, exactly. Poor form. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you had your mouth open. Like, ugh. yeah, exactly. No one wants to see that. Yeah, it'd be dumb. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, it's. I can see the, I can see that it is a sport, and I can see that it's judged. That I don't necessarily. I mean, we say that, but we also have are huge fans of hockey, where they change the rules in the playoffs. And, uh, <laughs> also, wrestling, professional wrestling. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's a, that is a pure artistic endeavor. That's, right. That's a scripted show. Yeah. That, that nobody's being judged on. Also, <laughs> like nobody gets a score. Well, but you give him a score, kind of. <laughs> it was a and well that, put together. Yeah. Five stars. Six in Tokyo. <laughs> Meltzer. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. Best screenplay also went to Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means which is good. Like he beat Ryan Johnson, Noah Baumbach, and Tarantino. That's like those are knocking down some writing. I'm, I'm told Knives Out had a script that was that was killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you guys haven't watched it yet? No. <laughs> I think we might might go to see it. Ryan Johnson said he's going to release a sequel too yeah. with um, Benoit Blanc coming back as a, to solve another mystery. Okay, that's the um, the main character, the Daniel Craig character, mm-hmm. uh, who's got that thick Southern accent. And he said, "I think every movie that I make with this character, I'm going to make him do another accent, <laughs> like a different accent, and not explain it." <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah, he becomes this, like Taika Taika won for best adapted screenplay with Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna love me again, Elton John and Bernie. Tolkien. Do you guys want to talk about Eminem? He Played there, right? Yeah, he did. He Lose showed yourself? up. He showed right? up and did the song from twenty years ago. And did the rap <laughs> on a movie that is not at all related to anything happening now? Mm-hmm. Well, that's Eminem's mo talking about old stuff. Is it? Because he dropped his new record, uh, "Songs to Get Murdered By," uh-huh. last week. What a segue, y'all! Right? It's so this smooth. Is what you come so to 90s for the heat? Buttery smooth. Bringing the bringing the bringing the 
sexy, smooth segues. So I've been listening to that record for the last two days on repeat, trying to get a grasp on what the hell is, is going Why? on there. So there's better, better Eminem records. Well, it's, yes, but there's not newer Eminem records. I do this podcast where we talk about pop culture. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it every now and again. But Lose Yourself is again relevant. I mean, he sure. played it at the Oscars. Right. Did it win an Oscar? No, it did not. What won for Oscar that year? Candle in the Wind? Sounds, sounds legit. Yeah. Songs to get murdered by. It's a good Eminem record. It's just, it would be a great Eminem record if it was 1999, mm-hmm. 2002. Like, every. Th- he is technically sound. His producers are good. Uh, the people he brings on, like Anderson Pack, and they're good. The record flows. It's just his lyrics bug me in a way that is, in some way, almost unique to me. I feel like people who talk about this record are like, it's so good. And, okay. Like when he released Rap God last year, uh-huh. there's a line in it where he references Monica Lewinsky. And I was like, that's, that's fucking terrible. Like, no mm-hmm. one cares. That thing happened in 1993. Yeah. Find... Any other blowjob joke you could make. Mm-hmm. Like if it was Did Elton SNL, John play with him? Yeah. I actually remember hearing that song and thinking, wow, that dude raps really fast and asking you about it and listening to you bitch about how his references are all really shitty. And his all new record has but that. that was, and that was years ago. Yeah, and his yeah. new record has that too. Just he fire, references. Fire. Top fire. <laughs> no, he references Bin Laden and he references Saddam Hussein and he talks about like... His contemporaries, Tech Nine, Two Chains, Jay Z, Puff Daddy, and, uh, LL Cool J, and I'm like, and many of those people are still very big sellers. I mean, yes, but, but like, like, who's he? Like, do they all put out albums? Now? But they're not they're fucking, relevant that way. Like, Lil Nas X is there, running around being a superstar, and he not had plenty of time. Not to, like, being a good rapper, though. <laughs> yeah, but having the longest number one single of all sure time. but like, that doesn't but i'm just saying but if you are comparing yourself as a lyricist and rapper yeah i wouldn't even come close to like i, like I wouldn't compare myself to like lil john or whatever and because he just what? sells yes and what and okay like oh my god as, no matter it doesn't matter how many records you sell if i'm going to compare myself as that thing it's a different... small small segue hip-hop uh-huh. uh, evolution the documentary on netflix about yeah. hip-hop uh they do southern crunk for one of the new episodes that came out and they nice. talked to little john he's very excited to talk about the music that he made. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and then Dave Chappelle did that skit. And it was really funny. And I've come to terms that for the rest of my life, people will be yelling, what and okay, at what? me, no matter where I okay. go. <laughs> and it's it's fine, because a lot of other people don't don't get that level of success. <laughs> but for the rest of my life. Yeah, there's people <laughs> just scream at me. Yeah, you bet, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, Poor dude, guy. like, there's if I were to be... He could take shots at here. I'll fix your your quote over little over little nonsense. He could take knock shots at uh, Chance and Childish or ASAP Rocky. There you like, go. Just don't just, not little nonsense. He is not a good rapper, my dude. No, but like there's <laughs> there's people that are making records this year that he could talk about. Yeah, and LL Cool J and Puff Daddy are not those people. It's it's yeah, weird. I get what you're saying, but okay, I mean, it's 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 weird, and I think. It's oddly f- supposed to be for me. It's oh, yeah, 100% it's for, for you. His dude. audience that is now old and is still like excited that the new 
Eminem record came out. Like, I feel like my parents got super excited when the new Rolling Stones record came out in 1994 or whatever. And he's trying to do that. And it's it's sour tasting. It's like, oh, you're not Mm. cool. This isn't cool. And I'm not not cool by proxy. Those are the guys you're supposed to like. Take yeah, shots I'm, at if like I'm not cool by proxy now. Like because you're listening like, to your old man version yeah, of yourself. Yeah, it made me feel uncool listening to this new record. That yeah, but dude, like that, that so I think that's, twenty years later, that's like mm-hmm. a problem. I think with the medium, <laughs> in a lot of ways, is that like out of all genres, like rap is like often referring to the like culture and pop culture of the time it is made when it's like oh, especially that when it's you know what i mean like, like i was like oh like foo fighters is like absolutely sinking right into dad rock but it, they're not like singing into dad rock and then making friends references you know like you yeah. know what i mean like like, yeah. it would, like it's they can just sit there and talk about the city even, and even, the city and the, and the stars at night or whatever and even if they're doing that in 2020 you're like okay cool on mm-hmm. foo fighters you're clearly all in your 40s and who cares but if you're doing that same thing that you did 20 years ago in your Eminem and you're rapping about Bin Laden and stuff, you're like, oh no, like you need to update your references. But like, yeah, maybe he it, can't because that's not his world. It feels like, weird. Like rap is a thing that raps about what's in the news and what's, what's relevant. Mm. And he never picked up on that slight weird nuance. But, of like, it. but like, like, you know, but like he might be scared to, you know what I mean? Like if he's after, like, after childish does like, well, yeah, but Childish is very, like, I feel connected with, like, life in a way that Eminem is not at this I mean, point. like, Eminem references Columbine. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Because he just, he probably just sits there and writes down what he knows, man. He puts pen to the pad and that's just it. You know what I mean? Like, he might feel awkward if he, like, Googles Sandy Hook and is like, oh, what? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, I feel that if you are a rapper and you're supposed to be, like, you know, like taking jabs at the world around you and, and putting it all into like lyric and whatever, you should probably be like, you know, up on what is. I'm, I'm not going to weigh in too heavily on this. I will I don't listen to rap I, at all. But I, you know, I, if you're going to call yourself a rap god, your references should probably not be 20 years out of date. So I would also right, say, yeah, right. I would also say that there may be, to take a page out of my friend John's uh, book of conspiracies. He may be afraid to rap about anything to reduce his record sales because if he takes a stance on any of these modern positions, he would be ostracizing aside. So he maybe is just like you know it's totally safe stuff from twenty years ago. Huh. Yeah, know? but he's has he ever been afraid to piss people off? Like I think isn't that part of his character? Sure, but I mean he's, he also probably he's wants one of the like preeminent horrorcore rappers. He's one of the sure, but if you're just rapping about stuff, shockingly 20... sexual rappers to find any level of. But you success. know what I mean? But didn't, like, didn't but... you say he drops f bombs all over this thing? Uh, f bombs. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying he's appealing to Christians or anything. I'm just saying, right. but in terms of like left wing and right wing like slants, so many things have been politicized lately mm-hmm. that if you if he comes out saying one thing is bad, no, no. Two two years ago, he dropped a, a diss track on Trump, like on Trump, a hugely. And don't get yeah, but think about his crowd. You know. Mm. Yeah. I guess, yeah. but maybe, and, and maybe, him, and right. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. It was but it was, imagine that the backlash of that was so much that he was like, okay, never again. And then he just like dials it back into the nineties. Totally. Possible. Yeah. That, that was the backlash that totally, I mean, dude, if the record sales else. like were low and he was like, so can, do you want to rank it? Rank the Eminem <laughs> album against the best movies of all time. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's weird. And it's weird for me to, be the target audience and say this isn't young enough or fresh enough for me to listen to at 41 years old. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that makes sense, though. Like, you're, like, your top artists of, like, 2019 were, like, Lizzo and, like, Cardi and stuff. Like, you're you're hip. You're hip and happening. 
I mean, I try. Dad mustache, though. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the movie theaters to see a movie in the theaters. In the middle of this virus epidemic? Yeah. I went to go see The Color Out of Space. Was it? Lovecraft meets Nicolas Nicolas Cage. Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a color. It was out of space. There's actually a review of it on our website, you guys, that none of us wrote. I read it. I like point form. <laughs> it's easy to digest. Well, that's it. He was just like, uh, so if, if you've checked out the website, it's Phil who's uh, helped us out with some of the Fantasia stuff. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, sometimes he often goes on Facebook and just like jams out kind of like point form, uh, like reviews and impressions of films. He's like a big cinephile and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, if ever you like realize that you're like, have like too much that it's like kind of like spilling out. I'm like, just you have the logins, just go for it, and that's what happened. Like, right on. <laughs> <laughs> like ultimately, he's like, I was writing my Facebook post and was like, whoa, I got a lot to say here. Head over to 9to5.cc. Put it as a post. Send people over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of Phil's points if you want to go and check out mm-hmm. the, the website. You uh, can pause us. We'll still be here when you come back. Will we, though? Mm, that would uh, be super weird. <laughs> we just cut to credits now. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-credits. Do-do-do-do-do. Just like, like not even like a, like a goodbye or whatever. Um, yeah, so it was really funny. Sarah didn't had Sarah had no idea what she was going to see. Cool. Did, didn't didn't see the title of the film. Didn't know. Found out because uh, we went to go see it with Eric and Ev that yep. Nicolas Cage was in it. Yep. And then saw the poster, which is a weird like psychedelic mind trip poster. It's all in like hues of pink and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like horses and Nicolas Cage's like eyes flying out. Looks like a very like seventies kind of psychedelic trip poster. Mm-hmm. So that's all she had. She, she did not have the title. She had the poster in Nicolas Cage. And we're watching the movie, and it's like 20 minutes has kind of gone by. And it's like all like this like weird kind of like off, but not like all the way off and all that stuff. And, and Sarah just like turned, and she's like, I have no idea what I'm watching or why like you and Eric seem to be like into certain things that are happening mm-hmm. on the screen <laughs> and whatever else. And I was like, babe, I was like, you need to pay attention. I was like, what university did the water surveyor go to? And she was mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. And she was like, I was like, he had the shirt. And she was like, I didn't catch it. I was like, said Miskatonic. And she's like, she's like, why do I know that? I'm like, what's the nearby town? And she's like, uh, she's like, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and she was like, the nearby town is Arkham. And she was like, oh, I understand when I'm watching and all of this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it was that weird, like, oh, this is a Lovecraft thing. And like with yeah, that, yeah, con- yeah. like, it's weird that with that context, it becomes another film where you're like, I'm watching a Lovecraft film, which is where, in my opinion, it kind of fails is that like, you almost need the context to even make sense of it. So it doesn't, I think it doesn't do a proper uh, job of like building it's like weird horror huh. because it presumes you know it's going to be weird horror. Hold on, hold on. But know, like the core of Lovecraftian horror is that it's not explained. You know? It, no, no, no. But no, but you, you know what I mean. But like I, I was I like, don't. but like it's like a two-minute intro saying H.P. Lovecraft. Almost the turn of the century. No, but you know mm. what? I, I no, but you know what I'm saying. I was like, I understand, and, and the film does not explain anything. Yeah. But it's just sort of like the reason that we like Lovecraft is that you could pick it up and be like, well, this is weird and unsettling. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, is this movie weird and unsettling if you didn't think it was written by H.P. Lovecraft is my question. Hmm. So there's like no actual horror elements in it? Oh, no. You there's, have to there's, interpret there's, the there's, there's huge, but I'm saying, but in the setup. Okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a, like a lot of like the weirdness of like, like, just even like the way people talk and what people are kind of like into and just like various like outbursts and stuff that they have is because like you're... So... Are you sure that's not just New England? 
Maybe. <laughs> the outbursts there are crazy. The yeah. way people talk is just unsettling. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but that's what I'm saying. Is like it's like it's trying to like the beginning. Alakar, the Patriots of the Bruins. Love it. It's weird and unsettling. Wait, wait pack that sounds like outer world horror to me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying like the whole entire like, the beginning is a god. The beginning of the movie is trying to like build this like sense of dread before the truly weird happens, and it fails to. And I I think it did a good job, but at the same time, like I said, I I got the it's Miskatonic U and it's Arkham and it's like and whatever else. Like you know what I mean? So like I know. That character is off acting a little off kilter is like part of it, mm-hmm. but I'm like in a void, you know what I mean? Like it, it was. I really don't, but I really intend to see this movie. So yeah, 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 absolutely watch it. Uh, and also, I mean the uh, the Nicolas Cage when he dials it up to Nicolas Cage, I feel is is I agree with Phil much too high. Like yep. he, he dials it yeah. up, but apparently that was as directed. Like I'm the, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they pushed him to to go crazy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. strange. Like he's got to be caught right. Did you see Mandy in the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, like the, his freakout scene in that, I thought was is essentially perfect. I think. I mean, I wrote this on uh, on like Phil and I were kind of talking about it on Facebook. Or yeah. I was like, I think that maybe he's a very good actor who doesn't necessarily like bring a lot of his own ideas into a character. Hmm. So he takes direction really well. So if you can like direct him to a normal freak out, it'll look great. But yeah. if you direct him to like go just keep going crazy, just keep going nuts and nuts and nuts, he he won't like I don't think like I mean just on how often he does it yeah. <laughs> in performances, I don't think he'll ever as an actor to be like this feels like a lot. Like I don't think he'll ever, you know what I mean? Like I think he'll be like okay, I do I do have more notches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like I don't think he'll ever like push yeah, back yeah, like yeah. and how how many times? Okay, in his so you're saying that it doesn't work completely in uh, in outer space? Uh, I think it could. There's, a, I think there's a clock's maybe a little over two hours. Mm-hmm. I think I think there was about an hour and forty minute cut of it that would have been very good. The that, ending that be- seems long for a Nicolas Cage and yeah. a Lovecraft. Scene. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. There's it takes a little too long to get started, mm-hmm. which I well, like like I said, which I chalk up to. I believe the filmmaker was thinking that he was kind of like painting this landscape of like dread. Mm-hmm. Like subtle, like by portraying each of the characters' insecurities that he'll later manipulate and whatever. Like it was like very ambitious stuff. I just think he spent too long doing it. Yeah. With I mean, like spoilers, the color out of space like shows up and like just like mashes goats together and like whatever. Like you know, like 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 the horror isn't necessarily like from their inner psyche. It's from an unknown, like evil. a big blob monster mashing goats together. Kind of and and various things That's or whatever. So lame. What was that? Well, no, no, the Other... blob monster isn't like. There's no blob monster. And there's okay. some like truly like messed up stuff. Like you never know like how people are going. Like it works. They handle the like Lovecraft like psychological terror. I think like really well because it's like you as you are watching characters go crazy and absolute like true horror developing in front of them. Like at one point, like the the color out of space, like paints like a line across the field or whatever and the mother and the child like fuse into this like nightmare thing with like the child's face like in her back and they're both just like crying and whatever you're like whoa like it's like (laughs) it's out there and then they're trying to keep her alive because it's like it is the mother and then they're like oh the mother's trying to like maybe absorb the baby back into her Mm because it was like a talk you're like whoa this is nuts but then characters are also like having mental breakdowns and you don't even know if it's like, are they having mental breakdowns as a psychological repercussion to what they're seeing? Or is it hmm. like the color is also just infecting their brains? You know what I mean? Like it does, it does that Lovecrafty stuff. Well, like mm-hmm. the like absolute, there is real world horror happening. And then there's also characters who are like going straight up crazy 
right. while this is occurring. You know, well, it's got like, some of that annihilation vibe to it. Right? I was gonna, like, I was gonna bring that up. That people had compared it to annihilation, just dealing with mutation, kind of. Yeah, right. I think annihilation space. did it a lot better. Like right. that. That's my my kind of takeaway. I wanted to hear. Do you yeah. want to rank it, or do you want to wait till? Uh, uh, I mean, if you guys want to watch it, we can we can circle back. Yeah. I mean, I know you probably really want to. I, I, I am. I'm definitely gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I would recommend, but mm-hmm. like it, it's one of those things where I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it to like a non Lovecraft fan kind of right. thing because like it, it hinges so much on kind of not necessarily the mythos and the lore like you don't need to know all that crap mm-hmm. but like it hinges so much on kind of like getting the vibe that like it, it presumes you know what you're gonna be going to see like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was just kind of like a weird weird choice mm-hmm. anyway it was good. What else is going on, y'all? I watched the original Child's Play. I don't know if we need to visit this too, too long. But um, I have to say it was delightful. The um, It takes itself so much more seriously than I remembered. And the performance from... Oh, yeah, it's the first movie in like a horror franchise. They're all like The first ones are always like... Like, oddly good. Yeah, they're better before they just like start cash-cowing it. Yeah. It was um, creepy, though, right? Like, it had such a, a, a tension vibe to it. Well, like, the later Chucky's kind of become comedies more than they are actual horror movies, and this one plays it... Well, I mean, every... All of the 80s big franchise did, right? Nightmare on Elm Street became funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th became funny. Yeah. And Halloween became... uh, Easily replaced, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, to the fact where they actually removed Halloween 2, 3, 4... H2O. But they didn't... Okay, but, like, 3 was not even about uh, Mike Myers. 3 was about, like, Halloween masks that kill people. Yeah, but they, like... <laughs> they The newest Halloween movie is the sequel to Halloween. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they they removed all of the sequels of Halloween, then they removed the Rob Zombie Halloweens, and they're like, <clears throat> no, this is the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I dig! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, a, but Chucky. Chucky. So, um, Brad Dourif. You guys remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Rima Wormtongue. Yeah, and also in um, the third Exorcist movie, like yep. the actual sequel to The mm-hmm. Exorcist, that was like really damn good. Mm-hmm. I uh, love that third movie so much. Yeah, it's got such a spot in my heart. Um, he's for, for, for not saw it on shrooms. No, <laughs> I saw, I saw the it. ring on shrooms. It was so. <clears throat> I saw it with Jimmy, and we just sat there watching all the non-scary scenes and losing our shit over it. Like they're just quietly talking to each other, and it's amazing. I love this. It's like the whole movie. Yeah, it's like so great. much conversation, and Brad Dourif just being creepy as hell in yeah. a in a cell. He's mm-hmm. also the doctor in Deadwood. Yep. Yep. Anyway, he uh, his daughter is an actress too. She's in. Um... He's in a bunch of stuff actually. Yeah. Like here, like I'm like as I'm like, I can't. I'm seeing him in a million other roles that you're not mentioning, but I'm like, okay, that guy's pops around. Yep. Yeah, she's in that uh, Elijah Wood thing, the the horror movie about the cameras. No, the TV series that's wacky and no, I didn't see. Oh, uh, what's it called? Anyways, yeah. Anyway, Chucky. Um, it, it was like funny and and plot was quick and there was interesting characters. I, I was like baffled at how good it was, particularly when you think about how how low the franchise went. He, later. His, First feature film was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he won a BAFTA award for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for it. Yeah, and uh, everyone's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, though. I know, but I'm saying but that's that's still like it's a. Uh... You want to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? You memorize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also in Dune. He was the Mentat. Oh yeah, yeah, Peter oh, Devries. Yeah, yeah. Man, how old is he? Hang on a sec. Yeah. Hold on a minute. He's 69 years old. Huh. Yeah. 
So he was he was born in 1950. So when Dune came out, he was already 34. Well, Brad Dourif, you're the fucking. He man. was in Blue Velvet. Jesus, this cool. all this cool. all pre-Child's Play. Like, yep. dude is. So, Child's Play. So how round. did he end up in Child's Play after all that? Anyway, I don't really have that. Who's a voice actor? Say. Who's a voice but, actor like around doing cartoons? But and he did the body of Charles Lee Ray, who was alive before uh, getting put into the doll. Remember, because it's voodoo <laughs> magic that, anim- that that like puts the soul of this murderer into the Chucky doll. I love that that movie caught on so much. Like, there's no reason that I'm Chucky want to play would have or should have become such a franchise. Well, I think it's because they quickly realize the horror element is going to disappear and they go hard in the comedy. Like, the later ones are funny as hell. Do you know what the greatest thing is, though? Yeah. Is that he is the voice of Chucky to this day. Yeah? No, he's not Mm -hmm. the voice of Chucky in the remake. That is Mark Hamill. Oh, but, oh I mean, but he was in but he was, taken but by he was in Hamill. Cult of Chucky, which was in 2017. So yeah, but that, yeah, but the one that came out last year. Yeah. But was the, the remake? remake uh, it's a robot, right? It's like not yeah. even. Yeah. yeah. So then he's not the voice. So then Mark Hamill is not the voice of Chucky. So he's like a killer robot. Chucky, well, the ch- like the murderer. That makes total sense to me. No, Charles it's like v. The, Ray. Yeah. It's like exactly. So it's not uh, Charles V. Ray. It's a different. It's like the Nightmare on Elm Street. The new one is. Uh, Jackie Hale Early and not, or Jackie Earl Haley. Instead yeah. of, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? And the guy who plays Freddy Krueger. His name is Freddy Krueger and his name is Robert England. Robert there England. we go. England. Did Whew. not need Hold it out. to look it up. Whew. Ha! Still got it. Uh, did Don Mancini do the new one though? Sorry. I, I really doubt it. Don Mancini, like that's another weird thing about this uh, franchise. Yeah. Don Mancini did it all. He never like gave away the reins like uh huh. like Don like yeah, Don Mancini did Child's Play, Child's Play Two, Child's Play Three, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. And then yeah, he was he also did the reboot, the Child's Play. And then I'm I'm a little bummed it is so high up on the list, the remake. I feel like we remake? were all excited when we saw it. Like okay. it was fun, but it, I don't I don't know if it really deserves to be up at forty five. It. Oh. Just just as I think about horror films, mm-hmm. right? So we got that and we have Mandy. I could actually see this going above Mandy, even though it's way high. That's way high. That puts it like yeah. above but a child, Child's place. Play in 2019, though, was, uh, is the only one that is not... Uh, Don Mancini. Yeah, not mm-hmm. written and directed by Don Mancini. Obviously, hmm. he's like he's in there as a... All right, so like a Quiet one. Place is at 56. Yeah. And then... I don't see it necessarily getting past a Quiet Place. Like, it's very good horror, but like... Further down is The Descent and Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. That's getting in there. That's like, seems like, Descent and Sleepaway Camp, I feel, resonates with me about and Chucky. Further down is... I wouldn't, uh, there's no way it's going below Sleepaway Camp. Or above <laughs> Sleepaway Camp, sorry. Sleepaway I mean, it doesn't camp, have that it? ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then you go down a little bit more, you end up at Rubber. Yeah. And Evil Dead, which are right close to each other. Yep. Okay, well, I would put it right above Creep and right below Sleepaway Camp. Above the original Evil Dead? Yeah, I can see that. It's a tighter film. Yep. We need to get more of those Evil Deads. Yeah. The... <laughs> There's like a whole bunch of se- like series. Oh, man. Could... Sarah and I were talking about that. Like, Do we have Matrix on our list? Is the Matrix the first on one? our list? Yeah. I'm sure it is. Like, Up if... at like four or five. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be top ten. It's number six, the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We, were, we were, had just talked about... how did we, I don't know how we got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, how good the Matrix was. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just watched a documentary series today called They Gotta Have Us, which is about um, black actors and filmmakers mm-hmm. and their 
evolution into becoming important. Hmm. And um, they have everyone you can want on it. They bring them all in for, for interviews. Guys like John Boyega to John Singleton to <clears throat> Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, they talk about Spike Lee a lot, but he doesn't come in. Oh, then they but Lawrence Fishburne is there. Because... They have the, the greatest black director in the world. I mean, <laughs> they spend a lot of time talking about Spike Lee. I'm sure like, they do, but I'm just saying, the fact that he's not in it must, must be such a craw in the filmmaker. Like, they're like, ah, I wouldn't answer. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's that much of a craw that they do three full episodes and talk with everyone. Everyone else. <laughs> and uh, Lawrence Fishburne was there, and he was talking about getting the chance to play Morpheus, which was, for him, one of his first roles that was not based on his race. And, hmm. like, being so excited to come in and play in a just like big, a... good science fiction movie. And just, like, a mentor role that isn't even, like... Yeah, you're not, not the black not even Mr. Miyaga. You're not Mr. the sidekick. You're not the friend of the 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 white. And you're not. It's not. You're not guy, the like, black mentor. You're right. just the mentor. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like it's it's irrelevant and, to and, and, the character. And not just that, but like not in a cop movie. Not in like just a weird science fiction movie that was really good and really loved. And he was like, yeah. "This is the. It's so good. It made me so happy to do this. I, I was in you know the most expensive movie ever made." you know, in Apocalypse Now. And I was in Boys in the Hood, like the most critical darling, but I was so happy to get that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, hmm. it's a good movie. Like, it holds up. It's so a movie. I've been going back through a lot of old movies with Debbie. She didn't watch a lot of them. So yeah. fun ones like this. It's like rare. They, they, I feel like they held up enough for me to still be proud about recommending them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a lot of movies I go back and watch and it's like, oh, God, it was so terrible. But Matrix has held up. Yeah. And then Sarah, yeah, I think it was Sarah and I were talking about, which is weird. It was just weird because Puck, Puck Soup ended up talking about Rage Against the Machine and dropping the, the track at the end of yep. uh, The Matrix. Yep. And I think and Sarah and I had, had the conversation pre that but i was like man and that like that song when the like when that song drops at the end and you're like and rage doesn't do like soundtracks whatever, and stuff yeah. and whatever and you're like whoa this is real like like <laughs> somehow just like that not like real but like it became like it added like an air of authenticity to what you just watched because it was rage against the machine yeah. playing over the credits like it was like it, be- it, it it like it was it's it's absolutely a like a mind trick but like it makes it feel like rebellious you know, like it's a little neo speech with a rage against the machine thing, and you just watched it, and you're like, break out of your shell while like Neo's talking to you, like, or, yeah, the, yeah, and fight the system. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like it, it's absolutely like a, a completely faux <laughs> riot act, <Yep. laughs> but like, but it's still effective when you're in the theaters and that happens. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, I don't know how it came up. But yeah, we were like, we need to watch it, and she had asked if it was ranked. I was like, I'm pretty sure. We we ranked it, and I, was like, and I was like, "There's also no way it'll ever probably drop out of the top ten. I feel like it's going to be weird, though. You you were talking about it aging well. It's going to age well, except for telephones. Yeah, but they're they're like a charming artifact, you know. Like it dates it to the time, but yeah, you know. it ages well for us. Yeah, no, but, but I feel like in in seven or eight years, I'm going to show it to my kid, and he's going to be like, oh. The, it's phones. Phones is the thing they went with. Yeah, uh, it's just, but it's <laughs> very, bring them back. Like, there's there's been so much written about this, but there's but he, like, he whether it's dated or not for us, like I don't think he will be able to easily say no. this is a period piece about a dystopian future. No, but it's not. He's going to be like, cool. Look, the screen is so tiny on that on that cell it phone. Is not, and you're it like, is, it's not a cell it's phone. It's not it a period doesn't. piece. The alien specifically chose 1999 because future tech would be harder to simulate. 
It's not a period piece. It's they chose 1999 for the simulation so that they that didn't have they, to simulate more complicated complex. Right. That's, so that's exactly what I mean period by period is 1999. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. But it's like, but that's it. It's like, but it doesn't need to be the no, no, no. The piece isn't a period piece. The piece is present day no, outside of the, the matrix. world the of the matrix. Simulation is a period. 1999 piece. is a period. Piece, yes, and it will come. But across the matrix isn't a period, a period piece. piece. It will be though. No, a period piece implies that the entire film is set in a period. The film is set in the far future. The matrix, like. The Matrix. If you don't is a understand period. the world of 1999, yeah. it takes you back there. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. So you're saying that your kid won't be able to watch Westworld because he doesn't know what a Western is? No, it's I'm not a fan of Westerns, As but I can understand. Some people like Westerns. Some people like 1999. Yeah, but it came out in 1999. It, it was, was sh- our world. Now, if you change that, it stops being our world. It stops being immediately relatable but it was never our world and I, ne- I never watched the matrix and thought it was our world it was always like bland you never thought uh, oh oh why would they be using a uh, payphone because everyone used a payphone no i thought it was dumb that they could only get out of payphones as i watched it and they couldn't get out of cell phones it made no sense it's just a choice <sighs> as i watched it i was like leaving via hardwire doesn't make any sense and to this day doesn't make any sense only certain phones they had enough bandwidth they don't but, have enough bandwidth. But only certain phones are like, I need an exit. And you're like, there's one three blocks away. I'm like, there's yeah, only one they're, phone. They're only wired properly, some of them. Uh-huh. I mean, Man, it, I totally bought that. There's some hand waving. Remember, no, no, totally. On phones of the day, it was impossible to get any kind of bandwidth. On the cell phones, yeah. yeah. But then, but there were only specific, like, like bank of pay phones, third one from the left. And you're like, what? Not all the pay phones go? Yeah, some of them are hacked. You know, uh-huh. they're like set up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you thought that was weird, yeah. the red pill, blue pill thing is still <laughs> super weird. That you can give someone something in the program that wakes them up and the other thing? Yeah, and it makes the mirrors go all liquidy and covers your skin and turns you inside out. That's weird. Uh-huh. There's no reason for that to be in there. It's a code. It's a program that got written. Uh-huh. And then it gets delivered. Sucked it to a mirror. <laughs> Thanks for that, Wachowskis. <laughs> you did it. I'm just saying that the movie can stand up if you're like, yeah, it's 1999 in the simulation. And that's why... It's not like it's not like they're in the year 1999 and then all they right, go guys. into this. All right. Are we going to rank it? We already ranked it. Yeah, we already ranked the Matrix yeah. pretty high. We've got to talk about it every now and then if we're going to be a geek podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to return to the We opened we... with Star Wars. We closed with the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Did anyone we watch uh, Picard? I did watch nope. the first episode of Picard. What did you think? I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was warm and fuzzy. It was the first Star Trek show that felt like Star Trek The Next Generation for me. Since the next generation. Now that I'm having this conversation, I think we did talk about it. Because you asked if he was Data's lover. Yeah, we talked about it outside of the podcast territory. So I watched the Red Letter Media when they ripped the the show apart. And they said there was like a relationship between Picard and Data that did not exist in TNG. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the show, in the movies, I feel like there was more of that there. Yeah. And also, why you can say that is also why you can't. Picard always went to bat for Data. Like, above and beyond. Did he? He's a member of my crew. You can't have him. You can't take him apart. He was the lawyer. To you should watch the other media thing. They go through a couple of clips where Picard is like kind of cavalier with data. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. I think. And again, I think this entire conversation happened off podcast. Yes. So apologies yeah. if we're having it before. But I always chalked that up to that Picard did put his crew above everybody, but kept a professional distance, mm-hmm. which may have dissolved upon like retirement. Do you know what I mean? Like, like so, so I wouldn't necessarily... Not, not even retirement in, in the movie where Data sacrifices himself. That was like an emotional moment for Picard. Well, same you thing... Can't, well, you can't take the last like eight hours of Next Generation content and say that doesn't count because it showed up in a movie theater. Okay. Also true. 
Yeah, and that's it. And, and everybody's like captain and whatever at that point too. And like, you know what I mean? There's there's other things. They have different assignments. So yeah, like the show, I I agree that, but Picard kept the distance between. Mm-hmm. A they lot weren't of best people. buddies, but that's fine. Yeah, and I mean, you can get develop it in the thing. Uh, last yeah. thing no. that I wanted to mention was I finished The Watchmen on HBO. Mm-hmm. I cool. liked it. I can't believe Scott, you didn't get into it. That it, really did not resonate with me. It was so good. There were. The things that you pitched to me as things that I would like, I did, mm-hmm. but they were so trivial to the, sh- the the moving forward of the show that the rest of it didn't catch. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's there's they d- it does like you had all these like this point was really clever and that point was really clever, yeah. and I liked that. <laughs> but while they were clever, they weren't. It wasn't enough to hook you. Meaningful in a yeah. character mm-hmm. development kind of way. So, um... <sighs> it's like it, what for you, for me it was like. Oh, this gaming system is great. It does this with combat. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That that works well. You don't but like the, the, setting. the setting is like uh, fucking riffs. Candyland. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh, do, uh, how, how, how attached to spoilers are you with the Watchmen? Go for it. Okay, so the... Over- also you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's towards the end, so I, mean, I don't think we're going to talk about anything other than the Watchmen. And I'm not going to necessarily talk about specific plot points. It's just certain like character developments. Is that uh, Ozymandias is around. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this post the events of the show? Yes, or the mo- substantially. Book? Substantially post. It's twenty or thirty years later. Okay. Much. I think it's. I. I think it's twenty seventeen. I believe is that the show is set in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of like uh, there's an deal like uh, what are you, it's Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias mm-hmm. as aging Ozymandias, which is just like there, it's a plus at every turn. Like it's him just being like. Mo- like at a certain point, they keep they they flash all over the timeline. At a certain point in the '90s, when they're talking to him, he's just like a giant mope kind of thing. He's still in Antarctica, and he still um, he rains transdimensional squids down on random parts of the world to continue to convey the threat of the squid monster that he like beamed into Holy New York shit. to uh, to continue to allow the like there is an ever presence threat you'll never figure it out he even writes a randomized algorithm so that no one could even hack it mm-hmm. so that he's like anybody who like scans the patterns of where and when these happen like n- won't get figured out All but right. he's like but then it just like eats him up inside that no one can acknowledge his genius for saving humanity which is like ultra Ozymandias mm-hmm. <laughs> like and he's just sitting there in Antarctica being a sad shit and just like yelling about the fact that no one like understands everything Oh man, it's Doctor Manhattan is written uh, like that's like the big spoilers. Is Doctor Manhattan does show up and play a part mm-hmm. in the show, written in a much more I feel like not necessarily relatable, but like over the long term, kind of like a compelling way. Like they deal a lot with the like he is existing at all times, presently. Like right, you know, like he was. I mean, they 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 say things like that in the movie in the comics, yeah. Right, but it's like, but they don't necessarily deal or write dialogue around that notion, yeah. And they kind of get into it. Like he's like, like at one point he he becomes romantically involved with one of the characters, mm-hmm. which I mean is like, which he does, right? Because he's like, that's Dude, whatever, kind, man. Kind he's Doctor Manhattan, and he's like, he's like, well, if you know how all this is gonna like work out, like, why don't you just like like tell me certain things? And then he's like, well, if I did. It wouldn't work out that way, and like, and besides, and like, it wouldn't be like as enjoyable for me to like reveal that to you and stuff. Like, you know, like, like things like that. You're like, oh yeah, I guess, because like, yeah, he does know how this is going to happen, but mm-hmm. he's like, a part of this happening this way is because I don't tell you, but, like, but you could. And he's like, 
no, I really couldn't. Yeah. You know, like, like, cause he's like fixed in time and everything. Like just a lot of dialogue and stuff like that happens that you're kind of like, yeah, I, I got the humanity of Dr. Manhattan more in this show kind hmm. of like better. And also just, yeah, super good. Uh, a lot, all of, all of the weird random nonsense that they shoot up into the air, they like, they land it all in the last episode or two, like hmm. where I, which was my biggest, biggest concern, like up, up until the final episode, I was like, well, you guys have thrown a lot of stuff. Like, like you, you have, when they introduce Ozymandias, he lives in this big castle with a bunch of like clones of the same two people and he just seems to like murder them willy-nilly and then there's more of them around and he like makes them recreate the Manhattan event like by bursting them into flame and then he yells at them about like Watchmen and you're like what am I even watching and you're like how are you going to make sense awesome. of this this is on Amazon uh it's HBO. HBO. HBO yeah 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 HBO. like they 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 stick I like the new characters mm-hmm. they stick the landing they talk a lot about um one of the entire characters who was on he was in uh, what's Boardwalk Empire? What's the word for that? The Boardwalk in New Jersey. There's a, a term. No. Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Yeah. So one of the characters was in Atlantic City as a Jehovah's Witness, proselytizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Manhattan event went off, like when the the squid guts teleporting, mm-hmm. and then they talk about the um, like the like first there's a physical blast radius, and then there's like a psychic blast radius of fear, which was like in the comics that was yeah. like a part mm-hmm. of his thing. And so, like, this character is just, like, the lifelong paranoia that the proximity to this, like, fear bomb has, like, put him, like, there's literally, like, there's special, like, repelling, like, foil or whatever that companies sell, like, sell to, like, stave off psychic attacks. Because mm-hmm. they still think the aliens exist. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, he's, like, where he has it, like, lined inside of his hat and stuff and, like, can never sleep properly and all these people have bunkers in case it ever happens again. Like, there's, like, like cool repercussions to stuff where it never Mm -hmm. screws with the source material. Like it doesn't undo or retell anything that happened in the comic. It's just like, you're like, yeah, this is, this is 35 years later or whatever. And and there's like more to go. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. Jeremy Irons is fantastic in it. Uh, Sporting cast is real good in it. Anybody notable? Uh, Jeremy Irons is kind of the only Mm -hmm. standout actor. The rest of them are kind of like, kind of unknowns. But yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Don Johnson. Oh yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't last. <clears throat> Spoilers. 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 <laughs> he's not a main character. I had when I, 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 but I had known that even he's he's in more than the first episode. But like when I had heard about his casting, it was I heard that he had like was signed up for only an episode, so it didn't surprise yeah. me that he was not like ever present. Like I think his arc runs. Maybe two or three out of the, I think, nine. I just feel like after we talk about Bucky Larson so much, it's nice to mention <laughs> survivors still acting. <laughs> People who maintained acting careers after that uh-huh. movie. Oh, Bucky Larson, Bucky Larson had Don Johnson in it? Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, wow. He's anyway, Bucky's yeah. Uh, director. I, I, will, I will say two things. I will say uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Would definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little surprised that it kind of resonated as much as it did like it, it was apparently like a pretty big success for hbo because i was like there's a lot of like real weird stuff that like i said it, it starts only explaining stuff in episode like six or seven where hmm. you're like i'm watching a show where sometimes squids rain and you're like why and you're like don't know mm-hmm. and like the show's like 
maybe we'll tell you, maybe we won't. Like, it's just like it's such a part of the character's day-to-day life that it's not like you're just like deal with it. Mm-hmm. Same thing too with like uh, like Vietnam being like the 60th state or whatever, and like the the, the flag is like a massive circle of stars mm-hmm. because there was a whole like America basically just colonialized in the 70s because Doctor Manhattan was like, anyways. You're subject giant in blue, and I can blow you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. And and again, and it does nothing, <clears throat> nothing to explain itself until kind of like later. It puts a lot of those pieces in play. Like, yeah, I, I was like, I'm I'm sort of shocked that it like landed, landed, and like landed with enough of a result. I don't know. I'm I'm wondering who do we thank that for? I mean, Maybe I feel like Eminem mentioning this. And his newest album really gave it. <laughs> Wait, no, it's a show that came out last year. He does yeah. not talk about. It. I'm like, was it Game of Thrones? Maybe I think I'm trying to think of like what was the show that was like. No, 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 no. We'll explain it later. And like, do you know what I mean? And like, made that okay to just have like stuff, kind of floating out there. That... Arrow. Well, because <laughs> sure. Because I feel they're, that there was... in their eighth or ninth season, they haven't really put stuff together yet. <laughs> it's not Lost. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. But Lost didn't pay off. Like no. that, you know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Is I feel that there was like the 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 faith in a show for delivering. I feel like The Wire. It's absolutely maybe, the Wire. Yeah, The Wire was probably everything. Kind of comes together at the end of the first season. True Detective, like, I think, Shit. also was probably probably a big one where you're like, no, just let it let it do its thing. But I feel, you know, I feel that a lot of goodwill was burned up by the by Lost. That's my point. Is I feel that that like, don't worry, they know what they're doing with this show. Yeah. No, they yeah. don't. And everyone was like, come on, show. You know what I mean? Like, like that that attention span of how long a show. Right. Had... And by consequence, he got to direct all the new Star Wars. Was it by consequence of that? I don't know. Absolutely. No, it wasn't. It was Star Trek that got him into Star Wars. But yeah, Lost got him into Star Trek. Those and DVD sales gave him that. What that a tragedy. Was, no, but wasn't it like? I think it was. I feel that it was Super Eight that kind of maybe landed him like the, the Spielberg uh, Super 8 was fun but it was yeah. definitely lost DVD sales that made the big studios go hmm let's, let's work with him some more maybe. season 1, 2, and 3 those things were like season HMV one, three, selling no but they were selling <laughs> yeah. there was no good streaming way to get it you walked into the music store you bought lost 1, 2, mm-hmm. 3 catch up show your but friends you probably gave up I mean, yeah. I own, a, I own a copy of Heroes Season 3, so... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Have you ever watched it? Uh, halfway through. I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? Why? Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. John? It was delightful talking to Tune you. Tune in in two weeks where John will maybe have watched Sex in the City 2. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. It hurt to think about it. <laughs> You were like, with, I couldn't watch it because of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> the symptoms would be too close. <laughs>
If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those, or you could just you know send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.